But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. And we're back. Wow, she started the podcast. With the booty. And the beast, here we are. <laughs> Guests this week, uh, Natalie Joy. So you might be like, hey, who is this gal? Uh, she's intelligent. She's well-spoken. She's an Olympic weightlifter. Uh, yes. And by me, she, so she wasn't in the Olympics. She trained at the Olympic training facility. She owns, was it like 12 state titles? Yeah, she, that's was what it, she 13, 12, 13, something crazy mm-hmm. like that. Uh, when it comes She's to, a big deal. When it comes to <laughs> Olympic lifting, has over 100,000 followers on Instagram. And honestly, like for me, this was a really good podcast to educate me. Mm-hmm. And I asked a question. You guys will see it. Like um, an ignorant question because I, I don't know shit about it. I don't. I don't. Outside of bodybuilding, I don't know much about powerlifting. I don't know a lot about strongman. I know shit about CrossFit and I know absolutely shit about Olympic lifting. Mm-hmm. So it was awesome to have somebody that experiences fitness in a different way than we do. Yep, definitely. To, you know, obviously reach the same kind of end result. Like we lift to be healthy and to look good. She lifts to be healthy and to look good and she But also be it. competitive. Yeah, competitive. So <laughs> I think I love the aspects of like, obviously bodybuilding, I've done it, I love it. But there's something really cool about like the actual... Like competitions are more about like what you can do so I like have a huge respect to like obviously I I respect bodybuilding because there's a long process with it I love the process of it but there's something about like getting on a stage and doing a lift well versus, I mean there's no subjectivity in what she does exactly unless I either guess, you do it or you don't well slightly I shouldn't say that because if there if there's something wrong I believe in their form or something like that a judge can make that of call. course uh, again I don't know how the but score I'm, goes but, and, but there's multiple judges and like all of that that go into that too so it's it's still performance based yeah and and so how cool. I I know Natalie and you know Natalie through me is is one of my Best friends from professional wrestling, Ari Davari, who was with the WWE. Now he's with All Elite Wrestling. It's his girlfriend. Um, but she's not the girlfriend of Ari Davari. She is Natalie Joy, like the accomplished veteran of the Olympic lifting world. Now she currently lives in Vegas where they live. She coaches. She plans on doing competitions again, um, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And I also I think it's really cool because, like, obviously you being a female and we traditionally, and I mentioned this on the on the – on the interview with her is like traditionally weightlifting, bodybuilding, powerlifting is just like a, a boy's world, right? Like it's, it's like, you but it's more and like we touched this too. It's more and more female driven and it's cool to see the like sway over to the women's mm-hmm. side of the world. And it's, it's fun. It's so cool. if, if you're looking to be, you know, a, maybe, maybe you're a bodybuilder and looking to change it up and do something different. I think this is a nice eye opening conversation. If you're somebody who just wants to be healthier, here's a good conversation about an alternative to what I do, to what Danielle does. Mm-hmm. And we're going to continue to try to do that. Like I want to get people from the CrossFit world on here. I want to get people from, from strongman and powerlifting and they're not just like bodybuilding, bodybuilding, bodybuilding. Although that's, you know, I, I'm born and bred in that, world of bodybuilding mm-hmm. we have this business we have the fit business which was born and bred in the world of bodybuilding 
but I'm fascinated more and more by different realms of fitness. For sure. Because it's not just bodybuilding. It's, I think I, I tiptoed more into different areas of fitness than you have. Well, because I'm, I believe in monogamy. So I don't <laughs> go outside the realm of things. I mean, so that, that's all you need to know about my wife. And maybe I, I need to hire I a private investigator. Into, when I first got Tiptoeing outside the world. Oh, you this, fucking kidding I, I wasn't, I didn't start in bodybuilding though. I started in endurance training and I started in marathons and all those things. I did the fitness classes. I did, I did like the different... I looked into CrossFit, you know, it, it's, I didn't just dive into bodybuilding and stay there. Like I had different realms that I was in to begin with. Well, so, I hope, I hope you dove into this marriage and staying there and you're not I like, am staying. hey, let's tiptoe and see what else is out there. <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyway, uh, we could talk all day, but I honestly, I, I thought this was a really cool conversation. And, and, and as we ended the recording, I even said to Danielle, I was like, this was good for me. Like mm-hmm. most times we have guests on here. I know their background. I know where they come from, what they represent, what they strive to be and do. And honestly, I didn't know a whole lot about Natalie outside the fact, like obviously conversations mm-hmm. with her in her home and I you know we a couple years ago we were on the boat with them on Lake Minnetonka and like great girl awesome for Aria I'm I'm happy for them but on we we kind of scratched the surface on her competition career but didn't really I guess I for a long time I thought she was a power lifter like that's what I thought she was I didn't know there was a difference between the two until recently (laughs) like and that's no disrespect it's just ignorance on my side you yeah. know so it's just I like Desi my sister is in powerlifting I've learned a little bit about that still don't know much at all it's I, I know the basic lifts and that's about it but obviously like weightlifting is a whole different world yeah so it's it's, it's a very it's awesome. different world it takes a lot of talent um I I will be honest mm-hmm. I would need a lot of training and coaching to do it correctly because I think I've I'm so trained to lift the way we lift as bodybuilders, yep. like three sets of 10, like that's what I do. But to have to jerk quickly, snatch quickly I above so your chest, above your head without hurting yourself, God forbid. Uh, and the fact that it's drug-free, whew, it's cool. I'm in trouble. <laughs> All right, enough I'm of us trouble. talking. Enough <laughs> of us talking. Let's hand it over to the conversation we had with Natalie. Again, if you guys are interested in what you hear here on the podcast, hit that subscribe button, whether it's YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, fitnessinformant.com is our website. Fitbrothers is obviously our food company. And then, you know, listen to Natalie. And if this is something that piques your interest and you're into, give her a follow. Check out her new website, her new coaching platform that she just launched and uh, dive into it because I encourage everybody to find a realm of fitness in which they're comfortable and happy in. And this could definitely be it for you.
my product is going to help you get to where you want to be. Five percenters is 5% of the people in the world that are willing to do whatever it takes to reach their goals. We're talking about business, success, education, willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Cage was born of a need for premium, health-focused products that actually work. We help you lift heavier, run faster, live healthier and achieve your potential. You deserve to trust a company that doesn't cut corners, one that sources the highest quality ingredients. Welcome to Caged. A lot of times we will start these podcasts and we'll like introduce the guest and all that stuff. But I'm just jealous because you're in Vegas and we're in Minneapolis and it's like 20 <laughs> degrees here. So, I mean, you're a transplant to Vegas. How has that been for you? It's been amazing. It's so warm. Uh, funny enough, I'm actually coming to Minneapolis tomorrow morning. Why? Uh, so I'll be getting a dose of cold too. But uh, it's been so nice being warm out here. And one thing I've been really, really loving is all the stuff you can drive to. In the Midwest, like there's not a lot of like day trips you can do once you've done like Chicago and Duluth from, you know, Minneapolis, but you can drive tons of different places, tons of national parks, state parks, like California, mm -hmm. LA, four hours away. So that part has been really enjoyable for me. Do you miss anything about Minnesota? I mean, I suppose you miss a lot probably, but you also yeah. have a lot of benefits being in Vegas. Yeah, definitely. I mean, friends and the lifting community in Minneapolis, um, I do miss that a lot. Um my family, of course, too. I am right now not at all missing the snow, even though I'll be up there tomorrow. Um, it, 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 there was a little, tiny little snowstorm here, which was kind of funny. It was like, it lasted like two hours and it really came down for a while. There was a little accumulation, but um, it was gone like, you know, a half hour after it stopped, basically. It was <laughs> That's the ideal snowstorm. It was beautiful and warm. <laughs> you mentioned the lifting community here. I'm always interested, like, for, you know, obviously you both being female and, like, traditionally, like, growing up, like, bodybuilding and weightlifting and powerlifting, it was a man's world. So, like, ex explain your experience. Like, how did you fall in love with Olympic lifting and, you know, weightlifting in general versus, like, just being another pretty face playing another sport that necessarily doesn't require strength and conditioning in that sense? Um, it is kind of an unusual thing to be like a woman in this uh, industry, for sure. I started way back in high school. So my athletic background is a little unusual. I did ballet for a lot of my years, like middle school, high school um, time. I did it a little bit in college and pretty much quit after that. But um, I was very unathletic, like throwing and catching all of those types of sports were really hard for me. Looking back, I actually think my eyes didn't track mm. objects very well, and so I couldn't see where they were in space to catch them, throw them. Uh, <clears throat> but regardless, I didn't really enjoy Syed and those kinds of things. Um, but when I got to high school, we had a mandatory lifting day, and I found that in the gym, um, they just you know took you through the basic exercises, mm -hmm. basically, back in high school. I found that all you needed, essentially, was good form and a lot of like grit, which I had. And so I really enjoyed the process of getting stronger, seeing the weights go up each week, the soreness and feeling like, ooh, I did something yesterday. Um, but this, this was back, you know, very, very, like a long time before the, there was a lot of internet resources, before there were a lot of women who were in that space that I could look on Instagram and be like, wow, like, I want to look like that. I just did it because I really liked lifting weights. And I even very vividly remember sitting on a 
six-speed lateral machine, and some young high school dumb kid comes up to me and goes, you know, you're the only girl in here. And there's a big room, lots of people. And I did look around and like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I just kind of was like, yeah, duh, it was kind of my reaction because, of course, you look around and, of course, it's right. the case. But it's been amazing to see how many more um, women are just into lifting weights. And um, so basically I found like just weight training was really great. And I did that for a few years. But the summer before my senior year of high school, um, they showed us what a hang power clean was. And I loved the idea of there's just kind of this beauty and physics behind it. Like you need to lift it up as high as it can go. I must have been like studying physics at the time because I was fascinated that an object, you know, comes to rest before it starts to fall or like, you know, velocity of zero before it starts to fall. And in that moment, you have to go under the bar and then be strong under it. It was like the whole thing. I was just like in love since then. And um, eventually I just kind of found a team, found like coaches, and that was a long process to do. But that was pretty much the start was unathletic. And I just, you know, found that I love lifting weights. When was your first actual organized competition? It was a while after I started lifting weights in general. Um, I was in college, um, the, you know, about 2008 was my first actual competition. Um, but I was peer pressured into it. Hmm. So at this point, I had loved weightlifting and training and just being in, I thought I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach. So my, um, I was able to be in a, uh, an intern at the University of Minnesota for my whole, like, college career awesome. and learned just a ton of things there. But the other strength staff, they were like, you love this. Like you're training this every day. Like there's like lots of local meets here. Like you have to do one. And so one of the other interns had had enough experience with weightlifting, but it was sort of a process of any kind of competition that you just go in blind. You won't have any idea what to do. And I didn't have a coach. I'm just like, you know, doing what I think might work best, you know, so far. So I didn't know what to do. And anyway, he helped me out with that first competition. And, um, and then I actually had to be peer pressured into a second one. And then uh, my coach who coached me most of my career um, kind of like recruited me, like asked me to come train with the girls. And <laughs> after that, I like had an actual team. I had two coaches. And uh, yeah, so that's how the rest of the history kind of went. Was it, I guess at that point, you're getting recruited and you're being, uh, I am, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you're being injected into this new world, this new culture, and there's more women doing it. Were you surprised mm -hmm. then at that point? Like how many women were like you that loved doing this and they loved doing it because it was just what they were passionate about? Um, when I first started, this was about like, you know, 2008 or so, 2009 when I found the team. There were some women. We definitely had a strong women's team. But we still kind of were, this was back before CrossFit made weightlifting cool. Mm -hmm. And so kind of, um, it was kind of a um, band of, you know, a little bit odd people. You have to be a little yep. bit, you have to kind of off the beaten track to like find like a weightlifting gym back then. Like weightlifting even equipment, like you can go into like lifetime fitnesses and there's Olympic lifting platforms and bumper plates. And that is was not the case when I started. So there were more women. It was cool to like have a team for sure. And definitely nowadays there's tons more women and that's like amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but when I started at first, it was just, you know, it was more or less 50, 50, I guess, but we did have a strong like women's team, but it was a lot about finding like just, you know, the support of, you know, other people was a big guidance. And, you know, because the Olympic lifts are so complicated that like, if you're learning alone, which I did for the first couple of years, it's really hard to know what you're messing up. It's um, you have bad training days and like who you talk to about that. Cause you know, it, it's just good to have teammates and coaches kind of guide you through that whole pr process. 
that makes a big difference, I think. So you mentioned CrossFit making weightlifting cool, which I think is great. I think cross, I think CrossFit gets a bad rap from a lot of people because they, people look at form and things of that nature, but it really brought a, a collective group of people together and made them active and made them healthier. Community. How would you describe the difference between bodybuilding, Olympic lifting, CrossFit, like, and even powerlifting, I guess, in that realm. So you have four different kind of like avenues that somebody could go like in your experience. And I'm not sure you have a ton of experience with bodybuilding per se, but you've, you know, dabbled in a lot of different things. Um, obviously, Arya, our friend, your boyfriend, uh, you're his better half, you know, more of a bodybuilder, <laughs> right? But like, well, yeah. how, would, how would you describe the four different realms of strength training? Oh, good question. Um, well, I do do a little bit of bodybuilding, but it's more of like helping out my joints. Um, and I think it really, like the older I get, the more that that's like a really important part of my training. It takes up more of my training, actually. Um, and kind of just getting back to just liking to lift weights until you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, just different kind of vibe. I get a, di- I get a different um, soreness and like body effect after a different, the different types of sessions that I've had. If I just do a bodybuilding workout, you get that pump. But if you do an Olympic lifting workout, you get this like deep tired <laughs> or you can just like kind of tell deep in your body that you really worked on something. Um, maybe it's like your nervous system. It must be. I don't know. Um, and uh, CrossFit, I, I've, I've coached it for a long time because uh, a lot of local CrossFit gyms will need Olympic lifting help, but it's never really been my vibe. Uh, I think maybe if I had found it first, I would have loved it the most because it's very fitnessy. It's, you know, competition driven. Um, there's still the Olympic lifting element, but it wasn't really around when I started. So by the time I knew what weightlifting was, that was, you know, that was done. Um, but I think CrossFit is amazing because it does have a really good community and mm-hmm. different gyms, um, have different types of communities. Like, so there are some amazing CrossFit gyms with great coaches and you can come in as somebody who's new and feel welcomed and well coached. But, um, class size in a lot of places can get to be an mm-hmm. issue. Like, if you have somebody who's never touched a weight before and you're snatching that day for the workout as a coach, that's, you know, an impossible bridge to gap, you know, successfully. Even the best coach would have a hard time doing that, especially when there's other people around um, or to, you know, to need coaching and guidance. Um, so those, and, and then powerlifting is, um, you know, amazing. We, uh, when I was in Minneapolis uh, for a long time, we trained with a powerlifting, in a powerlifting gym. And uh, it is really different. Uh, they, you know, we lift in kilos, they lift in pounds. Uh, we're sort of like very different. I think maybe, and we kind of compete in the same way. Like, they, you know, you have the lift, you're trying to get the absolute most in your attempts. You know, you have three attempts and try to get lift the most. So there's similarities between bodybuilding and, or uh, sorry, uh, powerlifting and weightlifting for sure. Um, but the culture is a little bit just different, I think. Yeah. You're but ob- yeah, but all amazing to be honest. And I love, love it all. <laughs> so you're obviously well accomplished. So let's, let's let you toot your own horn for a second here. Uh, <laughs> do you want to go uh, down the list of accomplishments that you had in weightlifting? Like you've held state records, I believe, right? Like, I mean, you pretty big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'll let you, I'll let you talk about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've been lifting for 17 years and I'm still, doing it as hard as I can. And to be honest, I think that's a bit of an accomplishment because um, that's Olympic lifting. I was lifting a little before that um, because a lot of lifters that I knew that were really good around the time I was at my best, don't really train much anymore. At least from what I can tell from what's posted online, um, maybe it's not a shame to post that I'm like lifting less than I used to at this current moment. Um, but I think a longevity is like been an accomplishment of mine. 
Um, so I've never like won the national championships. I've competed internationally. I've trained internationally. I got to train at the Olympic Training Center. I did hold state records for a time. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I got to compete in, in Israel um, at the University World Championships. I've been all over, but I do really, truly feel like longevity and like still loving the sport a lot has been an accomplishment because a lot of people have a re- about 10 years where they really go at it and then just kind of move out of life because mm-hmm. um, weightlifting is pretty consuming um, if you're going to be Olympic lifting, that is. And I think just people, you know, families move on and just prioritize things differently as they go. But I've just loved it so much that I just keep it, you know, in my life as much as possible, for sure. When was the last time you competed? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I forgot one that I'm also super proud of. <laughs> Didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Um, I, I was inducted into the Minnesota Weightlifting Hall of Fame, which was um, very special. Um, it was... Uh, my my coach who has since passed away they he's kind of like he was the chair of like the committee he nominated me as soon as he could you have you had to be in the sport for 10 years mm. and i didn't know that yeah. until well after and it was like the competition of my 10-year anniversary that they all as a group decided to like do that so that was very special that's probably one of my more proud achievements for sure because it's like a recognition of like the local community that i like made an impact on the sport and when you're not like you know, winning state championships all the time. Uh, it's like good to look back and have that. And that's another thing I guess I did. I did, I went, won 13 state championships in a row um, wow. in Minnesota. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when was the last time you competed? <laughs> the last time I competed was our state championship in Minnesota, even though I've since moved out to Las Vegas. Like I mentioned, my um, coach has passed away. Yes. And so um, it's, it was his memorial mate which was wonderful because everybody felt that big loss. He was a big part of our community, but um, it was hard to do for sure. And then between moving out here, trying to find a spot to train and get into the, this new rhythm of life out here in Las Vegas, I haven't found a competition I'm going to do for sure yet, Mm -hmm. but I'm back to training regularly enough where I need like maybe a couple months, maybe three months or so to like see what I feel out where I'm at and, and just, like what my body could do in a max attempt or whatever. And then kind of pick a date on the calendar. What something that's close enough by that I've qualified for that, you know, I'm going to do, but I definitely want to return for sure. And I'm finally making steps getting closer to that. So maybe over, over the summer would be, you know, a hope for me. For sure. And do you have like, uh, I don't know. I know you said you had a community up here. Have you like researched and tried to find like a family down there for training with, or you, I know you train in your, garage right now which I mean we see a lot of videos and everything of that but I know like when we were down there visiting you talked about like trying to find a gym and like having that vibe like if you found anything or like tried finding a different gym with the community that you would feel like you could resonate with um I have not I the local gym that we go to also have my garage on like night days the local gym that I go to does have like equipment it only has men's bars, which is, they're thicker than women's bars. And it sounds like a snobby thing, but it does make a difference. Yeah. Mm. Um, I didn't know that. So good call out. Oh, I, yeah. I no idea. <laughs> our, our hands are really little. And so our bar is 15 kilos and it's like skinnier. And so it's easier to grab. Um, so it hurts the grip less. It's like, you know, uh, so that all that is great. But then also the jerk, like the bar whip is different mm. because oh. it's so skinny, like, and the weight of the end of the bar kind of makes a difference um, in the rhythm. At least I find it does. 
Um, so anyway, between those two, I've been you know able to train well enough. There definitely are amazing gyms around um, in Las Vegas, but I haven't really checked them out yet because I'm kind of like mourning losing that weightlifting family a little bit still in Minnesota. And so like eventually when I get to be in good enough shape too, and when I need like other, like kind of that moral support that I described yes. earlier when I first found my original team, um, when I kind of feel like I need that again, <clears throat> I'll, I'll definitely go back and like, okay, like I need somebody to be watching and kind of cheering for me instead of just people going about their business and doing their workouts or just being alone in the gym and having my dog, you know, cheer me <laughs> <up>. <laughs> exactly. you mentioned mourning the team from Minnesota. That's one part, right? But then ultimately finding a new coach. I think that that probably is me very difficult because you were so close with your old coach. Obviously you won championship after championship after championship and your experience, but I think everybody does better when they have somebody there pushing them, holding them accountable, right? So like, what's the process for you to find a new coach in the niche of Olympic lifting and weightlifting that you can trust? Yeah, it would be very difficult if I hadn't kind of thought of this problem sooner. So my, my, my coaches, um, Charlie and Roger, um, are, were both um, older gentlemen when I met them. And so um, Charlie's still with us, but he's in Minnesota and is not making it to the gym as much these days mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so he's still, but he's still around. But so I knew that eventually this would be an issue because I just loved weightlifting so much. They're older gentlemen, just kind of life might happen. And so when Aria actually moved down, he signed the WWE, he moved down to Orlando for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I visited during the summer and I trained at a gym of um, the, and his, his name is Danny Camargo. He runs a gym called Ole Concepts, had made some really great lifters at that point. I had known him for years through the national scene of okay. Olympic lifting. Like, they always come in like looking good and they're like blue, you know, like I could just like tell, like I just remember that their lifting was beautiful from their team always. Like any like Ole Concepts lifter, like their snatches like are out, they have a distinct look and, um, and, th- and that coach is actually uh, much younger. He's like, you know, maybe 10 or so years older than me, but he was around also back in the olden days of weightlifting, like the pre-CrossFit days. And culture-wise, that's a little important to me um, because there is still a difference between CrossFit and weightlifting culture-wise. And I just, because I'm like an old school weightlifter before the CrossFit days, kind of wanted somebody who really understood that part and just was more experienced than me. And he was a, you know, a more accomplished lifter than I was in his junior years. And has been an amazing coach, has coached people to like world championships and lots of, you know, things. So anyway, trained with him for the, that summer. And I was like, you know, this is going really well. And I know he does remote coaching. And so um, I was like, you know, I have liked the program. I've loved his coaching. And, you know, I asked my coach, Roger, who's passed away, that would it be okay if I get the programming from him? And if I do have a video that I need like some help with, or I'm just snatches are off, I can't figure it out. So we also like have him help us and like, can I send him videos? And uh, it's kind of courtesy to like ask your coach that instead of like make that it's like a poaching situation of like, oh, he's just taking me as his athlete. And I've still never lifted for Ole Concepts. I've always lifted for Team Minnesota out of respect for my original coaches. Um, Someday that might change because he's still coaching me, um, still writes my programs. If I have, you know, a video that I'm like, things are feeling off, you know, I can send it to him and he'll give, you know, feedback. So luckily I had thought of that problem beforehand. And, um, but it would be very tricky. Otherwise there's, you know, only a couple people in the weightlifting community. Lots of people are so knowledgeable, but I feel like I would only be able to accept like real coaching and real feedback 
rather than, ah, what do you know? You know, which is probably says, you know, more about me and the attitude that I've got to work on. But (laughs) the only a couple of people that I would really respect their opinion and go, okay, like if you say that that's the issue, like totally trust you. And I feel like that's the kind of relationship you should have with a coach. For sure. And I know you coach, do you coach like people within Olympic lifting lifting, or do you kind of go out of that realm more with like, you know, traditional body lifting and, you know, nutrition and all the other realms? Um, I do a mix of both for sure. Um, Because, um, you know, I mean, that's how a lot of people find weightlifting. They don't necessarily see a snatch be like, I could totally do that if you've never been in the gym before. So you do kind of have to like get people in, you know, with like the easier stuff, the slightly less complicated stuff, which mm-hmm. can be really complicated when you're a beginner. Like, um, but I do, I do do coaching. So I, I coach um, in person here in Las Vegas at a gym called Smash Iron Fitness. Um, and I've had people who are more interested in their, you know, physique and doing that traditional kind of lifting. Um, and I've had people who are they're like, oh, you're the weightlifting person. I want to come learn how to do weightlifting. Or I learned weightlifting at CrossFit, but I want to see, you know, what you think. Because, you know, there'll be things that I would see that, you know, CrossFit coaches might not be aware of because it's still new to that kind of world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also coach remotely. So I have quite a few athletes who had at lift, lifters in Dubai and in England and all over the world. But awesome. basically the same thing that I do with my coach in Orlando, I'll send the program um, and I write in cues of what they need to think of even in the lift. So if they're snatching, remember to like keep the bar close and, you know, easy off the floor and fast. Yeah, write whatever I, you know, think that that lifter needs in the program. Um, they'll do the program, send me back videos, and we kind of talk that way. So it's uh, now, nowadays that's very common to do mm-hmm. uh, after, you know, the COVID times happened. So that's um, been really fun. It's really also cool to like just coach somebody from a computer, literally the opposite time zone, like 12 hours difference in Dubai. Like that, that was kind of, that's really a cool uh, thing to be able to do. So um, if, if you aren't like local to Las Vegas, I can still, you know, coach you through weightlifting. I'm going to ask a really ignorant fucking question because I don't know. Like, so there, there, you mentioned like, you mentioned like the snatches, right? And then I think clean jerk, like what are the Olympic lifts? Like what are the core lists to traditional weightlifting or Olympic lifting? Yeah, so that's a that's a really good question, uh, and not a lot of people know. And a lot of people use the term weightlifting as one word to describe weight-based lifting of lifting of weights, and they are different. Um, weightlifting describes like our sport, whereas powerlifting describes powerlifting, and so on. Um, but our lifts are the snatch and the clean and jerk. That's Just those two, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So when we compete, so uh, powerlifters have their their you know bench, SBD. deadlift, <laughs> squat. Uh, exactly. And so they all have those, the three attempts to get their best number in those lifts. We just have two lifts. We did used to also have the clean and press, but the competitions would just drag on and on. And eventually it was voted internationally that we're going to cut that lift from everything. But thank goodness they, do, they did because my press is just terrible. It would be <laughs> bad. I would never do well in weightlifting. Um, but we just have our snatch and clean and jerk, but we do a lot of pulling. Um, quickly, you know, snatch, pull, clean, pull. Um, there's different styles of jerks. You can do things from the hang where you stand all the way up at the bar and then kind of start at the knee area instead of starting off the floor. So there's lots of kind of variations of the two main competition lifts. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, we also use squats and deadlifts to get just like strong because there, you know, there's phases of both of the lifts where that would, you know, be super duper helpful. So we front squat, back squat, overhead squat, 
that's what the training looks like. Mm. So it's very like every day in weightlifting is leg day and back day, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, which is amazing. So, so the snatch so is the over the head, right? Snatch is the one where you put the bar over the head, where you're like you're you're splitting your legs, and, you're, and it looks like you're going to break your fucking back every time you do it. And then the clean mm. jerk is when you kind of like just bring up to your chin, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. How, yep, how, yep. Chin. Looks like a front squat, like your front yeah. front rack. Yeah, I like yep. that. And then it has to go overhead though. If you don't lock it out, well, there's lots of rules about how that ha- that process is. But the lift isn't good at the very end when they say to put it down. If anything of all the things that went wrong could go wrong, went wrong, like you might they might not count as the lift. But you know you have to finish it all the way. But clean and jerk, you have to do the jerk part to make it count. Was has the was ever the goal for you the Olympics? Like was that ever in the realm of thinking? Um, I, I definitely thought about it when I was younger, when I had, especially when I had been invited to train at the Olympic Training Center. Um, and right, that was around the time that I had competed internationally for the first time in Israel, you know, took fifth, you know, at the, you know, university world. Then I kind of thought, and I still felt like, like my potential was untapped. I'd only been training for a little while. Um, at that point, I was still, you know, younger 20s era. Um, I might have been younger than that. Anyway, it was, it's, been a, it's been a minute, uh, but it's, uh, I, and, I, and I tried and trained pretty hard, but it eventually just, I sort of always think I knew that my biggest impact would be through being an ambassador to the sport. Mm. I think down, like, even back then when I was like, ooh, Olympics, because I think a lot of lifters, you do an Olympic sport, I think, it, and you get good enough, eventually you have a moment of thinking, what if? And like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, I think I think that's a pretty natural thing to do, but I think deep down I always knew that um, I could try to make weightlifting a more friendly place for people to come and um, tr- you know try to lift barbells and try to get women specifically involved because I have a look that's not like as intimidating to like you know like re- don't look like a man. I've been lifting weights as hard as I can for like almost two decades and I still don't look like a guy. You know, <laughs> so, like, I feel like I'm a good ambassador for that. You know, for the sport. So I think I always knew that that was where my like purpose would be talk about because you mentioned both your coaches were male or are male mm-hmm. how many female mm-hmm. coaches are there in the grand scheme of things not a lot not a lot i would say i mean there aren't a whole lot of weightlifting coaches in general sure. it's still kind of an unusual sport as it is um i would be interested to see a statistic but like a statistic about it but i would guess 25 percent would be kind of the number that would come to my mind that, but that would be a total guess based on just like people that I know and like, you know, guessing, but not, not a whole lot. Um, it's unusual to, to have, but I think there's been a lot of people who really enjoy it a lot. I have a lot of male lifters as athletes of mine who enjoy, uh, you know, a female coach because I'm less, I think they think that I'm less likely to go, okay, we're going to mess out, and, you know, when they're not ready to, like, I'll be a little bit more, maybe more methodical, like when you're ready, when it's safe, like then we'll, you know, be going up. And I think, you know, a lot of my, you know, men lifters really enjoy that. I'm, I'm curious because like in the world of bodybuilding, nutrition plays such a big key, right? To get your physique ready for show day. Um, that's the, the hard part. They say the weightlifting is easy. When it comes to Olympic lifting, like how much of it is strength? How much of it is mental? Like thinking about these things like you were mentioning before mm-hmm. through the process of the lift and then how much of it actually comes down to nutrition? Great question. Um, wow, that's hard to say because first of all, I really wish I had had more nutrition knowledge earlier in my um, career. So I'm a little jealous of young lifters these days because mm. they'll be able to start their careers with that being, 
very talked about and lots of knowledge spread on the internet. And um, I think that, I think, well, I think we're about to see how much nutrition makes a difference in weightlifting basically with this generation of lifters. Um, and I think it's, I think the answer is going to be a lot for that. Um, because we do compete in a weight class sport, right? So there's a component of weight. Mm-hmm. Some people have to really cut weight or, um, you know, do cut weight a lot for competitions. And, but it's, uh, I think that's like where its biggest role is. And how much is mental? It would be definitely a lot when you're competing, for sure. Um, I think when you're, uh, and it's, it's, it's funny because you can't get so hyped up. You can't get like so crazy, like out of your mind, like amped up that you just go rip the bar because your timing is going to be off. And weightlifting is a lot like, I've heard it compared to, I don't know, golf firsthand, but I've heard it compared to like a golf swing, um, that it's very technical. Your timing has to be right. So if you go up all crazy for like a golf swing, you're like, I'm going to mm-hmm. hit the heck up. Oh, just like, that's not really going to be helping you. So you need to kind of get a balance of that. And that takes some experience. And um, a lot of lifters, definitely I've done this too, get in their head about the weight on the bar, especially because our weights have colors. When there's like a new color on the end of the bar, it's like extra intimidating because mm. you know what that means. You know, you've never lifted it before. So when you're pushing your personal best, I think it's a hundred percent mental, actually. I think that's the biggest component. Um, and then, uh, but you do have to be strong. You can't, like, you can't just like mentally lift the weight. So you do, yeah. Like, yes. yeah, you can't, but so like there's, there's a whole balance and, um, the technique does make a, a lot of a difference as well. So when your technique improves, it's not like you're, um, stronger automatically, but it just makes it easier to lift the weights that you're already doing. Mm. Kind of. So efficient. It makes you efficient, which which we want. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about something a little taboo, but it's it's a real thing. Like bodybuilding, we know drug use is rampant. Like we know there's tested and untested organizations in bodybuilding, powerlifting, same thing. With Olympic lifting, are there tested and untested organizations? Uh, no, not really. There's been a couple of um, attempts to try to start like a non-international league. But because we're an Olympic sport, um, our sport is run by the International Weightlifting Federation. So all the things kind of come top down to all the different, and then it goes to the country. So then the next level is USA weightlifting. Um, and so the, the drug tested sport, or it's always been a challenge, obviously, in weightlifting to keep the sport clean, but the attempt is, and the, and the intent is to keep the sport as clean as sure. possible. And our U.S. lifters are tested a whole lot more than lifters in other countries um, regularly. So, yeah, so it's, it's an issue. And then I think, you know, every 10-ish years or so, there's an attempt to clean up the sport and say, okay, we're going to change all the weight classes, new start for everybody. And like, these are going to be fresh, like, weight classes. And they d- did that a couple of years ago. And so um, there's always efforts to clean up the sport, um, like like in a lot of other sports. I think that it's just the effect of drugs is a little bit more obvious yeah. in a sport so the- than, like, skill-based, like football or, you know. Do you guys follow the, like, the, the WADA policy then, like the World Anti-Doping Agency? Is that, like, the list of supplements or ingredients and drugs that you are not allowed to take, and that's what they test for? Uh, yes, correct. Wow. That's, I mean, that's awesome. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. You know, in my head, I'm thinking, like, you guys are strong as shit without the use of drugs. Like, that's, that's awesome. great, yeah. you know, because, um, yeah. yeah, I just look at, like, you know, powerlifters are strong men, and obviously they're eating a bunch of calories, but, like, you know, there's mm-hmm. a difference, and, and I'm that, like, I'm on TRT. I know I'm stronger because of my TRT usage, it's, it's clear, clear as day, right? Yeah. Like I would not be this strong without it. So it's impressive. Like the fact that some of you people are putting up some fucking astronomical numbers in weight. And I'm like, how is that? Like, I can't even do that with <laughs> drug use. Like, how is this going to happen? Yeah. Which is insane. <laughs> sure. 
what is <laughs> left? Like, what is what? What do you want your like legacy to be as we round out the podcast? And like, where where do you want to go with this career? Because at some point, you're probably going to want to do the family thing or whatever you and Ari decide to do. And like, do you always want to be involved in it? And always, because I mean, your coaches were were elderly, right? I mean, what's your goal and legacy that you want to leave behind? I would like to bring as many people into the sport as possible. It's changed my life so to the core for like the better that I want to bring that change to other people's lives. Um, before I was a coach and when I was in Minnesota, I taught for 10 years. And funny enough, I did teach by Ed. Uh, even though I was bad at all the sports growing up. Um, I wanted to even tell my students that like, just you, I want you to find something that you really love to do exercise wise that can keep you healthy and happy. Cause I just, knew how much weightlifting specifically changed my life like that. But now I'm just doing the same thing, but a little bit more niched down if you, if you were, or, or could say that. Um, I just want to, you know, show people that weightlifting just makes your life better. Um, and to, and specifically Olympic lifting, uh, because that's my like passion within the passion of lifting weights, but just, you know, to get as many people into the gym as possible. Even when I think about the older people who I know who are the fittest, happiest and healthiest, older or older folks, they all have like lifted weights or are continue to like prioritize their health. So I think that's important too for all generations. So my answer to that would be like, I'll be doing this for a long time, <laughs> long time. Is a goal of yours to eventually have like a little girl and be like, Hey, like girls can do all this stuff too, or a boy or whatever it might be like, is that in the cards for you guys? We'll see. We'll see. You can talk to Ari about that. <laughs> I'm not, but, I'm, uh, I'll talk to Ari about that. I'm asking you, do you want children? <laughs> I'll say I'll, we'll we'll see we'll see how things go for sure. But um, if 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 I don't have little kids or little girls, definitely I want one of my good close friends to or my brother and his new wife to like have some kids. And I'll I'll be passing on to that message to somebody who's tiny for sure. For sure, because uh, I, I still do love kids. Yeah. You know? yeah, for sure. That's great. Well, plug your socials so people can find you. And if people are interested in coaching, um, obviously they can reach out to you as well. So do you want to plug your where they can find you? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm Nat Joyfully. So Natalie, like Nat Jim Joyfully. Joy is my middle name on uh, Instagram and TikTok. And um, joyfullyweightlifting.com is my new website that's just up like super recently. So let's go. That's Ooh, awesome. I love it. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, thank you for I'm, this was great for me because I honestly didn't know shit about Olympic lifting. I don't. It's funny because I mean, like my sister and I both started in bodybuilding and my sister is now a power lifter. And so I've learned a lot okay. through her. Um, she actually yeah. does kilos too, and she talks about kilos nonstop. So, so when you said that you'll do pounds, I was like, wait, I'm confused. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, it's it's cool to see like the different areas because like obviously I'm not into powerlifting either. So I always love hearing like CrossFit differences. And like when he asked the lifts for Olympic, I had no idea. Either. Like I, I knew that the jerks and stuff were in it, but I thought you guys did more with the SBD as well. So it's interesting Ooh. to hear all the different, you know, yeah differences between the different type of workouts, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> so, for sure. Yeah. But well, anyway, we appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I always love to come on and talk about weightlifting and tell people what the snatch and clean and jerk are. Cause I mean, if you guys are experts and you guys are like true <laughs> experts, like you guys don't really like fully, you know, like definitely I have my work cut out for me. I got to get more people into the sport, you, you know? <laughs>